Hello and welcome to this journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm Katalina Albanu and in this episode we'll be exploring the making of Rio Run, the Guardian's interactive podcast about the host city of the 2016 Olympic Games. The Olympics are a great opportunity for newsrooms to experiment with new storytelling styles, as well as to showcase new technologies and formats. To serve the international audience keen to experience the action, The Guardian created an interactive podcast as part of its coverage of the Olympic Games. Called Rio Run, the experience is designed to be as immersive as possible. After downloading the web app on their phones, people can unlock new information about Rio by running or walking the distance of a marathon. The virtual audio journey follows the route of the Olympic marathon and new audio pieces become available in key points along the way. Users can listen to the hustle and bustle of Rio as they run, which we've been doing as well at the beginning of this podcast. To find out more about the making of this experience, I spoke to Keenan Davis, head of interactive at Guardian US, and Rich Harris, interactive editor. Harris says Rio Run is very much an experiment in interactive journalism. Well, it started in a very, very different place. Um, it didn't start out as, as a podcast. That wasn't the, the core idea. So for the Olympics, we, we didn't want to just do data visualizations because, you know, everyone's got that stuff pretty well covered and everyone's got a long time to prepare. We were quite drawn to the idea of putting the interactive back into interactive journalism because a lot of interactive journalism isn't all that interactive. And that's a bit of a shame because we've got, a wealth of possibilities with, you know, the sensors that exist on people's smartphones and, you know, the, the kinds of experiences that new web technologies allow us to create. And we don't feel like those have been fully exploited yet. And so we started from this idea that we wanted to do something with people's mobile phones that would get them outdoors and have them participate in some way in, in the journalism that we were creating. And so our initial thought was that we would get people to run a short distance with their mobile phone and then we would say how long it took them to run 100 meters. This is how much slower you are than Usain Bolt or something like that. And after some initial testing, we quickly discovered that that just wasn't practical. You can't do that with the consumer grade accelerometers that exist on people's phones. Um, but we were already quite committed to this idea of doing something around running because it's, you know, it's one of the most iconic events of the Olympics. It's something that everyone can do. You don't need to have any special equipment or be a member of a club. You know, also the people on the team, a lot of us are quite keen runners. We often go running together. And so we wanted to do something based around running that used mobile phone data in some way to create a more interesting interactive experience. So what is an interactive podcast? And is this a format The Guardian has been experimenting with already? It turns out the label came after the project was finalized because they were unsure how to define it. <laughs> so the interactive podcast actually came out after we launched it. We built this thing and we all understood what it was, but we suddenly realized that we were having a hard time explaining to other people what this thing was, what this experience was that, they, that we were asking them to, to partake in. And so I think initially we called it something like a, um, a, an interactive GPS. I, I don't yeah. know what we called it, but Vir- no one could. Virtual audio experience. Something along those lines or some... Keenan described it as our first foray into GPS journalism, which I quite like. 
But ultimately, we, we found a, a couple of days after we'd initially launched it that it was this term interactive podcast that people really responded to. And after we started calling it that, we started getting more interest from communities outside our usual sort of stomping grounds, like the radio community got interested in it. Runners who often use podcasts while they're running, they started getting into it more heavily. And so it, it's a name that's stuck, even if it's not the most accurate description of what it actually is. The run can be completed in a number of sessions, and runners also have the option to set a real run in treadmill mode as well, should they prefer to run indoors. Throughout the run, stories are brought to them by three distinct voices. We have a host, uh, Valerie Lipinski, who is the video editor and audio editor in the U.S. office. Then we have uh, Jonathan Watts, who is the Guardian Latin America correspondent. And then we have an interview that we did with Olympic coach Bob Larson, who coached the U.S. Olympian uh, Med Kapleski, who is competing this year. And so Val primarily talks about the city's history and uh, gives some background on some marathon history at various points along the route. Jonathan Watts primarily talks about current news events as it relates to particular points along the route. And then Bob talks about uh, strategy and, um, and tactics for running marathons. And while all this is happening, we have background audio that was recorded on location at the, at the places that you're running through. So as you're running through the market district, you'll hear the sounds of market vendors and, and people milling about in the streets. And as you're running through the park, you'll hear the sounds of the park, you know, the wildlife and people playing football. Um, that was recorded on location for us by a, a freelancer named Nadia Sussman. While it might seem to some that Rio Run is designed to get people running and to be more active, the primary aims of the project were to experiment with new technology and a new storytelling style. Pushing the boundaries of what can be described as interactive journalism, as well as fighting against the move towards snackable and easily accessible content, were at the core of the project. In short, Rio Run wants to make people go out of their way to get more stories. Some of the aims are very personal to our team. And that's a little, so that, those are a little bit selfish, the aims uh, on that level, which are to experiment with the technology that's available that we haven't really delved into. That's one sort of uh, part of the aim. The other part is to experiment with the storytelling and figure out new ways, new kinds of experiences to create for readers. And so this was an experiment to see what kind of very deep immersive experience we can create in terms of storytelling that is driven by the user's like, physical action. There's been this trend in, in recent years towards trying to make journalism as, um, as digestible as possible. Right? It, it's got to be as, as, as easy to, to share you, you know, as you can make it so that the amount of effort required to engage with a piece of, of journalism is, is exponentially less. And we wanted to do something that explicitly went against that trend. We wanted to do something that required a high level of commitment from people but gave them uh, an accordingly much greater reward. And judging by you know, the feedback that we've had from people, we think that we, we partially succeeded. It's a little bit of a hard sell, honestly, when you have a short period of time, namely the Olympics, during which something like this is, um, is especially relevant. It takes time to, to build a, an audience around something like this. And so it's been a, a learning experience for us. It's been a very experimental project. Um, but by and large, we, we think it's been a success and we've taken away a lot of different 
lessons that we're going to be able to apply to other projects. We've seen that there is an appetite for this sort of thing, and people are prepared to make that, that greater commitment if you give them the opportunity. The team has a relatively short amount of time to get people interested in Rio Run, but so far they are pleased with the uptake. People from every continent, aside from Antarctica of course, have been using it, and analytics at the time of our interview showed runners from every US state, aside from Alaska and Wyoming, were using the app. The first runner crossed the marathon finish line on the 10th of August, finishing the experience in eight sessions. It kind of is unique unto itself. Um, we haven't done anything like this before, and the degree to which we'll do something like this again will be case by case. What will probably happen in the future is we'll use parts of the things that we've done in this particular project, like the geolocation component of it or the audio component of it. Some pieces of what we've done in this project will probably go in other projects, but probably not the entire scope of what we've accomplished. So while The Guardian may not tweak the format and use it again for a different experience, the technology behind it will be useful for future projects. The team had to solve a number of issues to get Rio Run to work, and their solutions will likely power future projects. So there are a couple of technical aspects that were very, very challenging. Mobile web um, audio is a complete disaster. The traditional way of, of playing audio on the web is, is you have an audio element and you, you just call what's called audio.play method. Um, and that works fine on a desktop, but in a, in a mobile web browser, that audio won't play unless it's in direct response to a user gesture, like pressing a button or something like that. Uh, and that's no good if the audio is being triggered by your distance along a route, by your GPS. And so the alternative is to use something called the Web Audio API. And that gives you a lot more control, but the price is your phone might crash. That's because you have to decode an MP3 file into the equivalent WAV file, essentially, and store that in memory. And mobile phones don't have a lot of memory. And so when that happens, the phone just, just dies altogether. You know, the, the browsers have crashes and you, you can't do anything more. So um, we spent a long time wrestling with that issue and released an open source library called Phonograph, which solves that problem by breaking the audio into small chunks. And that's something that now that we've built it, we're probably going to be able to use in, lo in lots of other contexts. The other technical side um, of the project that we hope to be able to use in future is that this is what's called a progressive web app. And progressive web apps, or PWAs, are um, a relatively new idea. It's a way of making web apps behave more similarly to native apps in that you can install them to your home screen um, on your phone and you can use them offline. So for people who are in rural areas or for people who have limited data plans, that's really useful for a project like this. You can download the app, install it to your home screen and take it out for, uh, for a run without having to worry about um, using up your data plan or losing signal halfway along the route. Unfortunately, it's only available for Android phones. Um, iPhones haven't yet caught up to this new technology, but it's something that uh, we think is, is going to be a big deal in future. We think that there are a lot of different applications for progressive web apps in journalism, and we're hoping to, to see a lot more of them, and we're hoping to make a lot more of them too. If you haven't tried the podcast, you can set up the app by going to rearrun.theguardian.com on your phone and follow the instructions. Let us know what you think by tweeting us at Journalism News.